Good morning, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. Fun show today. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to kick off in a minute with Edmund Marquez, the board chair of the Tucson Metro Chamber of Commerce, and Michael Guyman president and CEO of the same uh, to talk about business in Tucson. That is the first half of our show. And then we'll talk about whatever we're going to talk about on the back half of the show. Thanks for listening. First and foremost, good morning, Matt Neely, making the magic happen on the other side of the glass. As always, happy uh, Wednesday Eve to you. It's Tuesday. Morning, Zach. Sorry, I can't give you any help with the wind. A little bit more tomorrow. Oh. It sounds like it's uh, having its, <laughs> it's not doing well for you. But uh. my my, uh, my allergies this season are just off the chain. I do not uh, I do not understand it. But Matt, uh, yesterday was Lost Sock Memorial Day. Thank you for informing me. Is there uh, anything special about this Tuesday? Well, yes, it's National Small Business Day. It is National Small Business Day. Did we do that on purpose? I, I don't know. It is National Small Business Day. It's also Economic Development Week, which is really cool. We have uh, Barbara Coffey, the director of the city's Economic Initiatives Department, on with us on Friday. So uh, accidentally, we kind of set up a theme here that ties in with business and economic development. Without further ado, uh, let's start with Edmund. Edmund Marquez. Good to be with you again. Good to see you. Great to see you, Zach. Uh, I was here last Tuesday, which is Wednesday Eve, so this is a, this is a ritual. This is, I'm pretty uh, excited this to is, be here. This, this might become a weekly thing. Yeah, it's Small Business Day. It that's, is. That's super I, I didn't even realize that. I think I sent over a few dates that I had available. Didn't even realize it, but it's appropriate. Yeah, and the majority of our businesses here in Tucson and Southern Arizona are small businesses. That's right. So we're celebrating. That's Good. right. We're celebrating you, and many listen to this show live and on the podcast. So we are, we are celebrating the heroic work uh, of starting a small business anywhere. Uh, it, it's good work. Uh, Michael Guyman, good to be with you. President and CEO, uh, newish uh, title. You've been in the business a long time, but newly the president and CEO of the Tucson Metro Chamber of Commerce. Good to be with you. Oh, Zach, it's an absolute pleasure to be with you as always. As always. You know, it's great to be here during Economic Development Week, Small Business Day. We also have a business summit uh, an expo on Thursday that it's a okay. half day oh, conference. Right. So there's a lot going on this week that's really exciting in this community, all about small that's businesses right. helping them grow and thrive. Because without them, mm. we don't get to do the great things in Tucson that we want to do. For sure. Well, let's start there because we, we have a couple segments with you. But uh, this is some of the language that the, I know the chamber uses. Do we have an environment in Tucson? for business growth and a stronger community. And if you feel like rating it from one to 10, if that's too cheesy, we can leave it to the side. But uh, I'm asking you, Michael, because you have been, I mean, you have worked for council members, Mm -hmm. you've worked for Sun Corridor, you've been on staff at the chamber, you now lead the group. I mean, you've seen a thing or two. Um, How does Tucson's environment for business growth today uh, match up maybe with what you've seen throughout the years? Sure. Well, I appreciate the question, Zach. And right now, I would give it a six. What do you think, Edmund? Is, is a six fair? 
Gosh, my this, answer this is, is an, gonna, this is an unscripted, yeah. unplanned question. <laughs> my, this is my, off the cuff. I would give your answer, then I'll give a really blunt one when you're done. Okay, sounds good. Okay. So I'm going to start with my six, and the reason I give that a six, Zach, is because yeah, you're right. Through the years, I have seen you know sort of going from uh, the the 80s and the 90s where we really had. Uh, you know, uh, we had a council that did not want to talk to business. I mm. mean, pure and simple. Uh, then we had, you know, some transition uh, through the 2000s. I think things are improving. Mm. So that's why I'm a little bit more on the optimistic side. Look, I, I'm, as, as, the, as the CEO of the Chamber of Commerce, I am here to be Tucson's cheerleader. Um, I do want to be blunt when we need to be blunt. Um, sure. I do want to be a bulldog when we need to be a bulldog on, on issues uh, that face our community and 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 really uh, uh, ask our leaders the tough questions about how we need to do a better job with business, but that's that's why I'm just optimistic with that six because I, I think we are heading in the right direction and we are having uh, some of the the right uh, conversations, uh, but there are still some <laughs> still some issues we need to tackle. That's for sure. Well, Edmund uh, queued up that his answer might be uh, interesting to do you feel it's higher or lower than a six and Edmund I think your background is interesting because you started um, a business when it was a small business and you've grown it to a large business and uh, you now sit with many large businesses on a daily basis with your different hats on uh, is six too high too low I don't know if I'd give it a number I, I you know I, I agree with everything Michael had to say I think Michael was spot on um, I just come from a little bit different perspective from whether it's me growing my business, whether it's my, I, I hang out with business people. I love economic development, whether it's the people I hang out with and we talk about what's happening in their business as they try to grow it here in Tucson. I also see it from the Rio Nuevo perspective is, you know, I'm, I'm coming from the a state appointed board as we work with right. within our community and try to work with some of the developers. And a lot of it is the answer is kind of an answer I gave you last week, which it depends. So here's my concern. Are we poised for growth? Yes. Is Tucson a great place to live? Yes. Can we improve? Hell yes. But here's the part. I think sometimes we live in a bubble in Tucson, and sometimes we have to take a step back and get a mile-high view, and then for, forget about us and our woes and oh, our, you know, whatever issues we're having on the business side, or whether it's social versus business, et cetera, which we do too much in this community, and think about the fact that we have to be competitive as a city. Whether that's Tucson versus Albuquerque, Albuquerque right. or, or San Antonio or, uh, gosh, San Diego or, or Austin, who left us in the dust mm -hmm. years ago, right? Are we competitive? And so there's, so many, there's only so many dollars that can go around in our community, right? You have our developers. Like a lot of times if you see our Rio Nuevo deals, we're kind of doing deals with some of the same developers because that's who mm -hmm. bought the properties downtown. But you know, and sometimes I think we demonize the companies that may want to come into this, this, this city whether they want to move here and build a build a, a factory or they want to provide jobs or higher paying jobs, et cetera. I think we we could do a much better job of welcoming them into our mm -hmm. community. But it's also whether or not we're competitive enough for them to even want to come here. And then you, we have to ask ourselves, what's our reputation as a community when it comes to business? So we at the Metro Chamber are concentrating on the retention of business and really caring and loving on the and supporting the companies that are here so they can grow and prosper. But what's our reputation outside of our city limits? When, even when you're looking at places like whether it's uh, Marana growing or it's Oro Valley growing, it's versus, they're still part of our community, but kind of versus what's happening within our city of Tucson. And then are we competitive with the city down the street? Because I can tell you, like right now from the deals that I get to learn from, even from the Rio Nuevo perspective, we're getting our butts kicked by Tempe, mm -hmm. by Mesa, Glendale, I mean, Phoenix, the city of Phoenix, like you name it. Like, and oh gosh, Casa Grande has now become like a, 
an area we have to traverse as we have to the, they're they're like blocking companies coming here they rather take them Coolidge. there Coolidge my gosh we are we are getting our butts kicked by Coolidge sometimes so <laughs> so so the so the question is whether or not we have we are welcoming are we welcoming the business coming here and are we supporting the businesses that are here um, yes can you grow in Tucson can you prosper in Tucson people have pro- proven it time and time again that we can but but is it ideal right now no do we have work to do yeah we got a lot of work to do and it, what I would love to see is more of government working with business more succinctly yeah. let's have conversations let's be friendly with one another let's at least be in the same room right I and agree. have those conversations so we can get on the same page so we can we can grow this grow this economy I agree. Uh, would love to take callers to 520-790-2040. Uh, before we go to a break, I have uh, one question for you, Michael, and it kind of set the stage for the second segment. I was reading the other day about the role of the chamber in Austin in the 90s when it was kind of coming off and coming into some substantial growth. Um, and the chamber did things like um, they were heavily involved politically. Um, they were very hands-on in recruiting and expansion visits. So they would run around the country saying, you should come to Austin. Um, wow. me- media plays in other markets. Wow. Workforce development efforts. Um, but to me, it's a little apples and oranges, to be fair, because I think in other communities, chambers often house the Sun Corridors, exactly. the Visit Tucson. So I'm not comparing the two. Right. My question is, in today's Tucson, what of that list or what other items, what is the role of the chamber in Tucson under your leadership? The role, Zach, is that we are the voice of business. We are the business advocate for this community. We are there, like I was talking about earlier, to be that bulldog when we need to be that, be that bulldog. In comparison with Austin, you know, the issues related to economic development, like pure economic development, uh, from a strategic sense where you're, you're, you're broadcasting what we have in our community. That, in our community, that is Sun Corridor's role. And so what do we do as a chamber then as those companies are coming through the front door? We make sure that they don't leave out the back door. So we have to have those strategic partnerships that actually work. You know, they're not just words on a page. They're not just spoken. But these are partnerships that we have with these other organizations. But as far as the chamber is concerned, we are here to be that advocate. And you mentioned workforce development. We are playing in that space as well. Absolutely. We are working with the Sunnyside School District, yep. which which has great examples of uh, tying in employers to make sure that that, pi- w- that pipeline is strong. Yep. But, you know, right now we are working on uh, with the commercial real estate industry on the EV readiness for commercial. Uh, we are working with a number of small retailers on uh, to, to curb retail theft and property damage. Uh, we are working with uh, developers in general and others like, you know, Cox and, and IBM and others uh, as it relates to getting simple permits, you know, working with our development services department to streamline the, the permitting process. These are all blocking and tackling things that we need to do as a chamber to make sure that the, the that uh, businesses uh, can run smoothly here and they can grow and prosper. Yeah. This sets us up well for the second segment of our conversation, uh, where I kind of want to ask what comes next under your leadership. Edmund is the chair, Michael, um, you as the CEO. And I'll just say on our way out here, as the music starts to play, I think the chamber should be involved 
and workforce development. Um, Austin's chamber in the 90s, again, apples and oranges, played heavily in this because as new companies came in, Austinites said, wait a second, these are all other people. Who's going to start creating the partnerships to develop our people here for the jobs and companies moving in? And the chamber leaned in hard to workforce development. So in that sense, I think our chamber here, the Tucson Metro Chamber, um, was probably two or three years ahead of the curve. Um, and, and so I want to I want to give that credit, not just because I was a part of that, <laughs> but because um, I think y'all had some vision three years ago, and I think the chamber should play here. We're going to go to our first break. Edmund Marquez is with us, board chair of the Tucson Metro Chamber of Commerce. Michael Guyman is the president and CEO. We're talking on National Small Business Day uh, about the work of the Tucson Metro Chamber here in Tucson. We'll take your calls. We'll continue our conversation on the other side. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. CBS News at the top and bottom of every hour. 1030 The Voice. Trusted local news and talk. Is your 8th or ninth grader looking for a hands-on learning program that includes lots of art? Then Desert Sage School, a new tuition-free public charter high school at 3434 East Broadway is for you. Desert Sage is innovative and is now enrolling 9th and 10th graders for the upcoming school year. Go to DesertSageSchool.org where the first 125 students to register will be accepted. Desert Sage is the first public Waldorf-inspired charter high school in Southern Arizona where teachers genuinely listen to and care for each student's unique gifts. Get your child enrolled today at DesertSageSchool.org. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com, and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition. In his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest, 
Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Casser Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning. We're live out of the Common Workspace Studios. It's National Small Business Day. We're in studio live with Edmund Marquez, the board chair of the Tucson Metro Chamber of Commerce, Michael Guyman, the president and CEO of the same. Uh, before we get into our next topic, let's go to the phone lines. Doug has been waiting patiently. Doug, you're on the line. Go ahead. I wanted to comment about what you're talking about is uh, where is tucson at on the scale and all that and i kind of i kind of view it uh, this way it's uh, you know in tucson there's always been this attitude that small business is good but if you become a bigger business like edmund now you're bad so it's like there's this inherent i guess jealousy um of those that succeed that helps well that keeps us back you know and it also I was kind of thinking of the analogy also about a marriage. It's kind of like in marriage, you know, when you neglect your wife, you know, and you, you take her for granted, and then all of a sudden there's a crisis, and then you need her back. And so that goes on for a while till finally she gets tired and she leaves. And that's kind of the way I look at it with business. Every time there's a crisis, the city council, the mayor will get, you know, excited about working with businesses. And then when things get better, they just uh, move on. So we don't have this consistent approach, which uh, keeps us back. Doug, I appreciate the call. Um, what, what do you gentlemen think of that question? I think it was two parts, one, or a comment. One is that we seem to be okay with smaller business in Tucson, but if smaller business grows or if we are looking to attract a larger business, that's where some of the tension starts to happen. And then the other piece uh, that Doug mentioned, of course, being how do we have a – uh, kind of a standard approach to business um, that makes sense across the board. Yeah, Doug, thank you for the question. I thought that was great. I think just the the greater the size of the company, the greater the need of the company. And I think as you look at the larger companies in Tucson, they obviously need more, and a lot of the smaller businesses can semi-be off the radar. And it gets a little more political when you need more, especially when you need something when it comes down to infrastructure or support from a city. Um, and part of your second part of your question, I mean, I, gosh, and I, I loved your question, I think a lot of it just comes down, you used the marriage analogy, it's like a husband and a wife living in the same house that don't talk to each other, right? And they're, they're both going to have their own MO after a while, their own marching orders. So I think if we, I think it's, you know, I think it's kind of a simple 
it's kind of a simple result, a uh, uh, simple uh, perspective here that you just we just need to communicate more. Like if if we're gonna pave roads or we're gonna you know put internet out there for people, like let's bring business and let's bring government in the same room. If you think you think about the Reenable perspective, because I stood on the Reenable board, we have we the the previous Reenable was not successful because they were government and they spent dollar for dollar. If they wanted to build a forty million dollar project, they'd put forty million bucks out. At our current Reenwave, it's all about public-private partnerships, right? So the so the the, pi- the private puts up the risk, the government comes in with the support, and then we're successful because public-private partnership. And I think that can happen on so many different scales, whether it's even communication or or the paving our roads, et cetera, or this latest piece where the, you know you saw it hit the newspaper where the city of Tucson spent was it seven million bucks for a right. thousand homes? But yes, yeah, yeah. To Zach's point, off the air, you looked at Sunnyside School District and Sunnyside partnered with Cox Communications, right. which is a public-private partnership, and they leveraged and they ended up getting internet for much less expensive for, for many more people. But we, but I think we've demonized each other for so long, we've created this wall between us. Right, we're in the mm-hmm. same house, but we've we've literally bricked off a, a room where we're, we're in separate rooms now. But we as a as a chamber have to continue to communicate with our local government so that we're on the same page. How do you how do you play an orchestra, right? How do you how do you how do you how do you, you, you make music if you can't ever communicate with the other instruments? And that's what's happening if you look at Tucson Metro Chamber, MPA, Sun Corridor, uh, Visit Tucson, and then our city government. How when are we all playing together the same song, right? Mm-hmm. And and we don't do that enough. This comes down to this comes down to relationship and communication. Michael, your thoughts? Yeah, Zach, I, I just kind of wanted to go back, especially since it's Economic Development Week, talk a little bit about the economic, the basic economic development infrastructure. So you have primary employers, you have, which is you know your Raytheons, your IBMs, your Caterpillars. Right. They are here. They employ a lot of people. It's high-tech, high-wage jobs. Um, 14,000 people working at Raytheon, making a lot of money. That is a very good thing. Those people then go home. They buy their home. They buy uh, insurance from Edmund. They go to the grocery store to buy their goods. Then there's sort of the indirect jobs, right, where someone has to supply the the food and and the groceries to the grocery store. And so it's that that economic paradigm. But it starts at the 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 high tech high wage jobs, and and that feeds in to then those direct and indirect jobs and then as those people spend money in the community taxes are collected and the government spend the money unfortunately sometimes not so great with seven million dollars for 995 customers but i mean that's how that economic development paradigm works so uh just kind of to doug's point yes i i don't know if I mean, right now, what we're hearing a lot from small businesses is similar to what we're hearing from the big businesses, mm. where restaurants can't find people. Like, like Caterpillar has you know 100 open positions right now. I mean, wow. a lot of businesses, large and small, and this gets back to that workforce development piece that you and I were talking about earlier. It's it, it is a big issue, but it's becoming a big issue, no matter if you're a large business or a small business. So it's something that we really need to pay attention to. Edmund, I know you have to take off. Michael, any chance we can keep you for an extra segment? or Yes, okay. I would love to stay. That'd be great. Uh, we've just scratched the surface. We have calls coming in. We have people wanting to have this conversation. So if you're willing to stick around, that'd be great. And we can talk about what comes next for the chamber. Absolutely. Sounds good. Edmund, great to see you. We'll see you on the flip side. Michael, we'll see you in a few minutes, as we will you as well. Tucson, thanks for listening. We'll be right back after bottom of the hour news here on Tipping Point. Don't go anywhere.
With preseason and a season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona live out of the Common Workspace Studios. It is Wednesday Eve, Tuesday here. You're listening to this drive time hour of Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice. We are uh, about to start a bonus segment of our conversation with Michael Guyman, President and CEO of the Tucson Metro Chamber of Commerce. It is Economic Development Week but we accidentally booked this conversation for National Small Business Day. So uh, I didn't even realize it. That was Matt Neely um, saying, hey, we're talking chamber and small business on National Small Business Day. Uh, But we had so many calls and so many things to talk about, Michael, that we asked if you could stay over and appreciate your time. Absolutely. You uh, know, since we're in the bonus round, is it it also the lightning round or are the questions come faster and I have to answer them faster? Yes. Okay. Very good. (laughs) But after we take another call, we have Matt on the line to talk about this with us. Matt, thanks for holding. You are live and on the air with Michael Guyman. Yeah, first, I obviously want to thank Edmund and Michael for being great leaders. uh, And Tucson's fortunate to have them working on our behalf in nonprofits. Um, Very quickly, you know, People sometimes. Uh, I was going over the list of the top fifty cities. I think we're. I think we're thirty-five. Uh, most people don't even realize that we're in the top fifty uh, largest cities in the country. Um, that was why, holistically, uh, if you include Greater Tucson, um, we'd even move up way faster um, with uh, uh, Marana and Oro Valley and Sarita and Vail and everything that makes up Greater Tucson. And I, I really believe that we have to work holistically. I don't see Tucson competing with those other communities. 
I see them as being uh, complementary to Tucson. But the city of Tucson, um, as Michael and uh, Edmund alluded to, uh, should be able to do uh, the things that government needs to do to make sure that uh, we're as competitive as can be. And, and, and that involves very simple things, like ensuring that the crime rate does not go too high uh, and if it is as low as possible. And that means you have to hire police officers. You just can't get around it. It takes time to train them, and it takes time to deploy them. And um, I, I, they need to support our new police chief. Um, the other issue is holistically, uh, you can't get or if you can't get around from uh, the airport to Tucson without uh, destroying your car because the streets are so bad, or you go off side streets and and and, and the arterials and the side streets are all have potholes. You've got a problem. This Matt, I, w- I want to pull Michael in on this because I think these are, I think these are great points. Yeah, no, no, because. We were even talking about, uh, perhaps off the air, some of the challenges that we're seeing now in our bus system um, as well, where we're looking at, is it fare-free or not, uh, and looking at the fact that, um, you know, uh, h- how, do we, how do we manage all of that? So I, I think top of your mind, I'd imagine, Michael, is crime rate, uh, uh, public safety, and then certainly right now also road repair. So speak to some of those themes that Matt was bringing up. What is the role of the chamber on issues like that? Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Zach. And thank you for the call, Matt. I appreciate what you really laid out are the core services that the city should provide. You know, it's in the charter. Believe it or not, these core service are, ser- services are in the city charter. It's transportation infrastructure, it's public safety, and it's parks and recreation. And it's that's as simple it. as that. And that's it. Do that well. Right. You know, we at the Chamber like to talk about what do we focus on, right? Because we, we, we as a Chamber kind of get pulled into a lot of different areas and issues because we service small businesses, we service medium-sized businesses, we service large businesses. And while there are some similarities, there are also some significant differences. And so we as a Chamber have to, have to mm-hmm. sort that out. But in terms of a community do those things well right Mm -hmm. so matt's absolutely right we have got to put more police officers on the street we've got a great chief right now chief kasmar is excellent he's a cop's cop he's the kind of guy that can lead us in that direction and i think that he has good council support but they need to back that up with uh with uh with, with some money Transportation, the same thing. Obviously, we have uh, Prop 411. The vote, uh, the ballots are due next next Tuesday, a week from today. That is the city taking care of another core service. Okay, Parks and Rec. We pro- we passed Prop 407 a couple years ago, uh, so I, I think that we have done a decent job of focusing in. But I also want to point out something else that Matt was talking about, which was this, you know, we're the 35th or 33rd largest community right. city in the country. You bring in the metro area, that's a million people. But guess what? The site, because I've worked with these site selectors, I've worked with these corp- corporate executives over the years in, in various positions. They look at Tucson, just like they look at Phoenix, just like they look at Austin or Dallas. They don't look at you know, Round Rock. They don't look at at Marana. They don't look at Tempe. They really just focus in on those larger communities. Now, when they they come into the community, it's our job then to say, well, 
here are some benefits to being in Oral Valley. Here are some benefits to being in Marana or Sawadita or the city of Tucson or what have you. But they initially look at the city of Tucson. And so when they look at the city of Tucson, they pull those crime stats. They pull they, – they, mm-hmm. when they drive around looking at sites – they drive on the road. So they get a sense of, and I always like to say transportation infrastructure, that is the most physical way we can show how we invest in our own community. And if we're not doing that well, people notice it right away. Right. No, that's interesting. The uh, The mayor of Sawarita is, uh, is a frequent listener of the show, and, and he says, uh, hello from Sawarita. Uh, and there's some great technology and manufacturing things going on there. Absolutely. Uh, but it's interesting because with the city of Tucson, um, and even the word metro is in your organization's title, but the city of Tucson is the anchor institution. That's exactly right. And as goes the anchor, so often goes the rest of the the rest of the community. Is what I'm hearing from you um, that those first impressions um, are made here first. And to Matt's point, the the P's and Q's have to be in place. That's right. And and so again, going back to what uh, we alluded to in the first segment, the we we pulled together a coalition against retail theft to start really talking about, it's specific to retail theft and property damage, but it's still addressing issues that particularly small businesses are facing and how we can put together policies, working with the Pima County Attorney's Office, TPD, uh, the Sheriff's Department, to to address those elements, uh, bring in new policies, uh, you name it, to, to, um, to, to solve those problems. Uh, on the transportation piece, yes, we did uh, support Prop 411, uh, and uh, we're proud supporters of Prop 411, but that's only one you know step in the process. What are we also doing to then set up the next RTA, the reauthorization of the RTA? Because 411 is great; it's going to fix our neighborhood streets. It's going to address some safety concerns. It is necessary, but so is the reauthorization of the RTA because we. And you talk about Metro; we have some significant metro infrastructure pieces to handle and take care of and solve and the reauthorization of of the rta does that and so we really need to have a serious conversation about how this community again like it did in 2006 rallies around and provide and, and talks about that balance balanced approach to solving our uh, infrastructure issues 2006 being uh, the first time the rta was passed that's correct I was thinking, what happened? What's happening? Oh, 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 oh! We're talking, we're talking, we're talking the RTA. Uh, one of the things, and maybe we can let you go on this, uh, Michael. Although I could talk about this with you um, all day, is again, this is this is f- fresh to me because I've just been doing research on it. Uh, the chamber's role in Austin, and I think we should be the best Tucson. By the way, there's a lot about Austin. I don't think we should want to be. Sure. And we often get compared to Austin. I think that day is over. I agree. Austin is out of reach, and there's a lot there that maybe we shouldn't want to repeat. But it's a city that we often say, hey, there was a time where we could have been the next Austin before Austin was Austin. Uh, but the chamber was very uh, active in saying these are our clusters. These are our areas of the future. Um, for Austin, it was Simatech. Uh, it was like a semiconductor manufacturing and technology group. It was a consortium of many businesses, and they actually recruited that consortium to come to Austin. Um, I think there is managing the potholes and making sure our public safety is on point, that our infrastructure is good. But I also think there's that future forward perspective, the storytelling, the cheerleading of the region. Um, is there a role for today's Metro Chamber to play in being a convener 
that says, you know, this is my jam, Michael. Yes, we have Raytheon and Davis Monthan, but the future is the new space industry. Does the chamber have a role to push and recruit and try to maintain um, some future forward uh, look? Yeah, I think I think we certainly do, Zach. But it's all in partnership. And I do want to go back to the one of the points you were making about how we look at other communities and how we try to either emulate them or not be them. I, I would like to make sure that we turn the conversation to what and and you talked you you mentioned it. How can we be the best Tucson? It's not how do we emulate what Austin did. How do we emulate what you know for because Portland was also one of those communities early on that was pointed to. Uh, it's really how do we become the best Tucson. And so it's focusing, again, so let's go back to that focus. So we talked about the focus in, in the city, how they need to be focused on certain things and do those things well. As a community, we need to make sure from an economic development standpoint that we are focused on the right industries that we historically have done well and that will carry us into the future. So aerospace and defense, we have historically done well. That's not going anywhere. We have a great base. We have Raytheon. We have 200 other companies in southern Arizona that are in the aerospace and defense industry. That is going to continue to, to advance. Uh, bioscience, this is an emerging technology. Again, that is, and it's particular, uh, specific to diagnostics, that is an industry that, that is going to continue to advance. Transportation logistics, we've historically done that well. I think that's also an industry that, that will continue to grow, especially nowadays when more and more shoppers are, are doing their shopping online. So that's going to also be an important uh, uh, segment of our, our economic development infrastructure. And then the, the last one is that sort of mining technology. Mm-hmm. So now we have Caterpillar, we have Modular, we have Hexagon, we have mining technology companies. So it's more than just digging a hole in the ground. It's these technologies coming in and providing the technology that those mining companies need to do their job more effectively and efficiently. So it's focusing on those industries, but you're right to bring up others that we may want to look at. So space development is certainly on the horizon. We have Worldview here, and we also have a consortium of companies that are looking at what that space development uh, industry looks like. Uh, We have uh, other emerging technologies like Too Simple that are doing cutting-edge technology uh, for autonomous commercial trucking, uh, the, the autonomous commercial trucking industry. So, yes, we do need to look at those, but it's in partnership. You know, this is not something um, that we as a chamber do alone. I think we do this in partnership with uh, Sun Corridor as our lead economic development organization. But, again, we are there to assist on the competitiveness issues. So as Sun Corridor identifies the industries that we either do well or need to go into, we need to then figure out how do we maintain that competitiveness. And that's where it gets into issues like like crime, like transportation infrastructure, um, like permitting. I mean, those those basic things that we can do the blocking and tackling on to to uh, fix those problems so that as, as those companies come here, they're having uh, the right kind of experience. Right. Yeah, I think in closing, what this makes me think of is, you know, and we have the city's economic uh, initiatives office here on Friday, and I've asked this question in public forums, too, is I think when we see that our COVID jobs recovery is the worst in the state, except for Sierra Vista, we're even losing to Flagstaff, 
uh, and we haven't seen the historic investments in economic growth that the rest of the state, including Coolidge and Casa Grande, have seen during COVID, something to me doesn't jive there. I think it points to the competitiveness not being competitive. I think it points to some of the things we've talked about today. And I think we need to be honest in this community um, about it. You know, um, I think we can cheerlead ourselves to death. We can just look at the data and go, something's not clicking and we're falling behind. Um, and I think, you know, you and Edmund, um, in my view, are poised at the chamber to bring that conversation to bear, protect what we have, but also, I think, push the conversation where it needs to go. And uh, I'm encouraged by that. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate that, Zach. And that's, you know, we talked a little bit about workforce development earlier, and that is just absolutely critical because uh, you, you mentioned things that uh, we used to do. Well, we used to try to attract uh, software companies here when we didn't really have the right kind of talent that those software companies could hire. So it's like from, right. a, from a talent and workforce development perspective, make sure that we are focused on providing the right kind of skills that these companies need. Absolutely. Uh, Michael, we'll do this again uh, before the next National Small Business Day. But thanks for celebrating <laughs> that uh, with us here on the program. Thanks for coming in. And thanks for giving us a little bit extra of your time. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll do this again soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Zach. And happy Small Business <laughs> Development Day, everyone. 100%. When we come back from a short break, I'll tell you about two of my favorite small businesses in Tucson. One more segment to go, this drive time hour of Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on Hampton 30 KVOI The Voice. We'll be right back. National politics, the issues that matter to you. 1030 The Voice, Tucson's trusted local news and talk. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural law sustained over recent years in America, opening just this month through April 24th. You can go see it in the Casser family wing of Latin American art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell, but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash offer.com. Is your 8th or ninth grader looking for a hands-on learning program that includes lots of art? Then Desert Sage School, a new tuition-free public charter high school at 3434 East Broadway is for you. Desert Sage is innovative and is now enrolling 9th and 10th graders for the upcoming school year. Go to DesertSageSchool.org where the first 125 students to register will be accepted. Desert Sage is the first public Waldorf-inspired charter high school in Southern Arizona where teachers genuinely listen to and care for each student's unique gifts. Get your child enrolled today at DesertSageSchool.org. 
The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Did you know that Arizona is the first state in the country to implement a program like Earn to Learn has right here to support students with matched college savings? Through your investment, you enable students to leverage their own savings and resources to acquire the life-changing asset of a college education. If you want to be a part of increasing students' earning potential, minimizing student debt, closing the opportunity gap, and putting deserving individuals on a path to success, go to earntolearn.org to find out more. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson, located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater. Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their B on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? We have exciting news to share here at Impact of Southern Arizona. We have expanded our food bank into a grocery shopping style experience where over 500 families a month come in for food, clothing, and support. Now, Impact needs you. Can you or your business put on a food drive for food and hygiene items that others would normally go without? Learn more and contact us at www.impactsoaz.org. This is Bill Buckmaster. Join us weekdays at noon on 1030 Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning, live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point. It's National Small Business Day, and I wouldn't be doing my job right if I didn't tell you two of my favorite small businesses in Tucson. Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee that we drink at home at the Yenser household, run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community. Visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento, right off the I-10, between Congress and Cushing um, for 10% off your next order on anything you buy when you mention my name. Uh, the same is true with Little Love Burger a few doors down from the Rialto Theater, serving up uh, juicy burgers and hot dogs and hub ice cream shakes. Um, they will give you a 15, 1-5%. Uh, discount off your next order there. So not only can you support two of our favorites local small businesses, but you also get uh, a little bit of discount off of it when you do so. 
Uh, a fun conversation with uh, the gentleman over at the Tucson Metro Chamber um, of Commerce on National Small Business Day. That was an accident, but it's always fun uh, when it works out that way. Uh, the, the other thing, um, just from my point of view, I think there is two things that um, are missing from what I have seen, at least in the past, other chambers do. And by the way, um, uh, I, I, there's a lot of apples and oranges comparison. I brought this up in the first or second segment, uh, that in many other communities across the country, even today, um, the chamber is the umbrella organization for tourism, for the Sun Corridor activities. Even uh, our friends over at the Southern Arizona Leadership Council and some other cities would actually be under the chamber. It would be a chamber function. Um, our chamber is... Um, a unit alongside those other units on corridor, Southern Arizona Leadership Council, so on and so forth. So it's apples and, and oranges uh, in many ways in comparison. But I think there's two things that I think our local business community um, could do more effectively. One man's opinion behind the mic an hour a day. Um, what do I know? But uh, an observation is, and this is looking at what happened in Austin for a period of time, um, is there were um, site visits um, to go and bang on businesses' doors, right? So there'd be a trip to Chicago, a trip to Boston, a trip to whatever the case may be. Um, and rather than just visit with kind of leadership um, or site selectors, there would be a, hey, company ABC, we think you'd be great in Austin. Why don't you give us a look? My sense of things, and if I'm wrong, I'd love for someone to tell me, but my sense of things is that we aren't having those kind of door-to-door trench warfare economic development conversations. And that's an area that I think that we could grow in. And by the way, the chamber in Austin back in the 80s and 90s was very focused on retention too. Right. This is not just about an attraction uh, effort. This is about how do we help small business here, small businesses here, uh, grow and thrive. So don't 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 not hear that um, from me. But when it comes to inviting new businesses to consider Tucson during expansion efforts, um, I think the door to door guerrilla warfare right of economic development could be happening um, at a higher level. And I think. Um, certainly Sun Corridor does those um, intra-U.S. efforts, um, but I think a lot of work focuses, as it should, by the way, on site selectors, right? These are the folks who ultimately make business relocation decisions, um, but I think banging on business owners' doors around the country and saying Tucson could be where your next big idea lives, I think is powerful. Tied to that, something that I'm not sure that we do enough of, that we should, um, and that is media plays in other markets. Uh, we probably do a little bit of it, but Austin sold the story of Austin, right? There's this 51-page write-up on the story of Austin that I'm reading right now. And again, I don't want to be Austin, but you can learn from other cities. That basically said the chamber back then of Austin hired a PR firm to basically go put up billboards and buy radio ads and show up on TV and do media campaigns about the Austin dream. And the interesting line was that after a while, the PR firm went away um, because they had done their job. The rest of the country had started thinking about Austin and then their public consciousness. Austin was a place to go, was the place to be. 
And as the 33rd largest city in America, I think Tucson has a role to play to say, look, here's our story. We can be a part of yours. And I don't think we're doing that enough um, as well. So uh, I enjoyed this hour. I hope you did. Those are thoughts that certainly came to mind as I was uh, processing. But uh, great to spend time with uh, the Tucson Metro Chamber of Commerce today and think about how does our public and private sector work more closely and more collaboratively because uh, the two gents said it needs to happen. I think they're absolutely right. Hugh Hewitt up next, Bill Buckmaster at noon. We'll be back tomorrow with our faith and culture contributor, Pastor Jeff Loxton and Ruben Navarrete, uh, the most widely read Latino columnist across the country. We'll talk national issues there. For now, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening, Tucson. Catch us on the podcast. 